part of the Another Realm Media Network. Coming up in this episode. Well, there was a whole lot of reasons that I wrote the book, but one of the personal reasons that I wrote it is secretly, I was hoping that I could find walk-ins like me, mm. that it had a similar experience that were soul exchanges, because I assumed when I began to interview people that their experiences would be like mine, and they weren't. Mm. And so in doing hundreds of interviews with people, I found that there are different types of walk-ins, not just the soul exchange where the one soul's out. That's typically what people would think of as, you know, a, a total walk-in, a soul right. exchange. I started looking at walk-ins as one of many soul experiences that people can have. One of the major soul experiences, and I'm going to back up and tell you about the different kinds of walk-ins. Okay. But one of the major soul experiences that a lot of people are having right now on the planet is the fact that because of all the spiritual work that they have done, all the work they've done on themselves, all the studying that's happened, they begin to raise their own personal vibration. Mm -hmm. And as such, they're now able to bring in higher aspects of themselves, mm. more of their own higher self. When a walk-in does that, part of the soul leaves to be able to accommodate that new aspect. <clears throat> that I would that, that is what I called um, a soul infusion. When you have more and more of that higher self coming in, you're infusing that older, <clears throat> excuse me, infusing the older soul. And so when people are doing this now, their soul is remaining intact because they can hold that vibration. So I think that. Welcome to this episode of Mysterial Experiences, where we delve into the heart of mystery and the ethereal. Today, we invite you on a voyage through shadowed realms of the unexplained. From spectral whispers to cosmic enigmas. Join us as we explore tales and phenomena that challenge our understanding of reality and a quest to uncover truths hidden in the fabric of the extraordinary. Prepare for a journey into the unknown where each revelation is a step closer to unraveling the mysterious. We have uh, Sheila Seppi with us here today. Um, very intriguing individual to me because of some of the things that I've discovered about my own path uh, over the late recent months. Um, but you are also a, um, a soul walk-in. Is that the appropriate terminology? A soul exchange walk-in. Soul exchange walk-in. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I, th I think I have a pretty good idea as to what that is, but just for anybody who may be listening who doesn't know, can you take just a moment and explain what that is? Literally. So based upon a um, pre-birth agreement, there is literally one soul out and another soul in. Uh, some people, when they're born, they need an entire lifetime uh, for a variety of experiences. And apparently I only needed uh, an adult form in which mm. to carry out my mission with. So do you think, and, I, and maybe you even know the answer to this question, uh, maybe it's not a think situation, I don't know. <laughs> but in the case of the soul that inhabited the body for the first part of the life, 
Uh-huh. Um, is it then presumed that they only needed the first half of the life experience? Correct. So it was a mutual Correct. beneficial agreement. It is. And, um, you know, the soul by the time that I arrived was very tired, very weary. Um, one of the issues that had occurred in this life was uh, for the 20 years previous to my inhabiting the body, there had been a series of illnesses and these were all documented there. Uh, first, I was told I had the potential of brain tumors. Then I was told that I needed to be prepared uh, that in my late 30s, early 40s, that I would be in a wheelchair from MS. Then I was told I had fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, a whole host of autoimmune diseases. Then I was told that I had bone cancer. Then I was told I had erythema nodosum, and I did walk with a cane. And so having those types of illnesses, trying to carry out a normal life in a dysfunctional marriage with three kids, the soul was very, very weary and ready mm -hmm. to go. Yeah. Um, so you, when you came, uh, when you started as the, the step in soul, did you immediately know that that was the case or did you go through a period of like self-discovery where you found this information out? Well, not only did I not know, if someone had told me, I would have thought they were crazy. But actually what happened instead is I thought I was crazy because what happened to me is I had never read a metaphysical book. I did not study alternative medicine. Remember, I had all these illnesses mm -hmm. and I thought Celebrex was the savior because I also had RA. You know, I had all this um, very limited actually thought processes that had occurred. And so when I went to bed, I was in a lot of pain, etc. But what happened is, and it feel, I'm not sure 100% about the time, but it seems like it was early morning, about seven o'clock. It felt as if someone reached down, grabbed me by the hair of my head, pulled me bolt right up in bed, and it was like lightning ran through my body. And then I was in white space. Now, a lot of people say because I was in the white space, I probably actually was having a near-death experience, but I don't recall anything out of body. I just knew I was in white space. I felt very safe, very loved, uh, very secure, and more importantly, I was out of pain. Mm -hmm. And the next thing I knew, I was sitting up in bed. My peripheral vision was coming back in and then my frontal vision. And as I looked around the room, everything was the same, but everything felt, <clears throat> excuse me, everything felt very, very different. And when I walked by a mirror, I mean, I just stopped and I was just staring in the mirror because it felt as if I was looking out of someone else's eyes at myself. And I kept thinking, well, this is weird what's going on? Why do I feel like this? And of course, when you have these kinds of illnesses, you know, the first thing is like, oh no, you know, something must really be happening. Um, I didn't realize that instantly my body had been healed. I didn't realize that. Um, I just went about my day, but everything was so strange. When I would pick something up, I would hold it and look at it, mm -hmm. turn it over a hundred different times because it felt like I had never experienced that mm -hmm. before. For your audience that's seeing this, we'll have to hold up. This is my little dog, Willow, and he is with me all the time. Uh, he thinks that he is a person, uh, so you'll probably see his head popping up. I apologize for that. But um, 
what had happened was even when I opened up the refrigerator and the different aromas started coming out and I was smelling them, it was like I had never even smelled things for the first time. But over a course of just a few days, my personality began to change. My level of articulation definitely changed. The foods that I ate, the clothes that I wear, everything was different about me and everybody noticed. Um, needless to say, over those first three months, I lost a lot of friends uh, because as I would try to tell them about this experience, mm -hmm. they would just look at me like I was crazy. Now, my background was in psychology. So the first thing I thought is I was having a psychotic break. Mm -hmm just because of all the dysfunction going on in my life. And then I realized that I couldn't talk about this because within those first three months, I ended up leaving the marriage. And everybody's like, you better stop talking crazy. They're gonna take your kids away and all this kind of stuff. And so I really began to taper it. But if someone had told me that I was a soul exchange walk-in, I would have not believed them. Not only had I never heard of that, but the concept how could one soul leave and another soul come in? I, I could not have even begun to wrap my brain around it. And actually, it took me, you know, quite a while to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, well, so number one, uh, it's a fascinating explanation because um, for myself, and this is not something that I, I have openly shared with a lot of people, but I guess I'm getting ready to for everybody who's listening. <laughs> But, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Um, but I, I also uh, feel like uh, around the the age of maybe be around um, maybe fifteen or sixteen years yeah. old, uh, I also had a similar experience. My uh, personality had a dramatic change. Uh, I was always a shy kid until tenth uh -huh. grade uh, in high school, and then all of a sudden, I wasn't. Um, I was always really bad at math until 10th grade. All of a sudden I wasn't. Um, so there was just looking back now, there's a lot of things that I attribute to feeling like that was the case for me. Um, I've done quite a bit of uh, just work of my own, just uh, meditation and, and, and just uh, channeling and things like that over the last couple of years to get to the point of kind of knowing who I was prior to that walk-in um, and one of and, and part of my mission if you will uh, here on earth in this lifetime is to help people uh, grow beyond the limitations of what they think they have and so that's one of the things is the spawn of this podcast I'm going I'm currently in 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 uh, college going back for my master's in psychology so it's interesting that you know you were previously in the psychology field or you may even still be um but so when I read your story you know I, I subscribed to your newsletter that's how I originally found you and then when I read your story it just it really resonated with me you know here's someone who um who's like me, right? Who, who has had this experience before and now even digging dip, deeper and realizing you have a book and there are a lot of people out there who have experienced this exchange program, if you will, where the soul, where one soul leaves and another soul steps in. Um, I, I'm curious, uh, how do you, how did you work with explaining this to your kids and 
if it's not a too sensitive a sensitive t topic, how did they respond? So actually, my um, children noted, my oldest daughter noticed the biggest change, but everything was for the better. All of a sudden, their mom that was always sick, that was laying on the couch to play with them, could go outside. We could run. We could go and do things. We could go swimming. We had a great time together. And that was the biggest thing that they noticed. So they were happy with that as they right. got older. You know, when I explained it to them, it was like, well, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Now, the interesting thing is my son at the age of seven also became a walk-in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I wonder if I didn't come in first to kind of pave the way to understand mm -hmm. what it was to be able to help him. But he is, you know, he's very gifted uh, in a lot of areas. And in my book, Walk-Ins, Cosmology of the Soul, he actually has a chapter in there. Mm -hmm. And so he shares his story and his remembrances of coming in from the angelic realm. And so in that book, one of the reasons, well, there was a whole lot of reasons that I wrote the book, but one of the personal reasons that I wrote it is secretly, I was hoping that I could find walk-ins like me, mm. that it had a similar experience that were soul exchanges. Because I assumed when I began to interview people that their experiences would be like mine, and they weren't. Mm. And so in doing hundreds of interviews with people, I found that there are different types of walk-ins, not just the soul exchange where the one soul's out. That's typically what people would think of as, you know, a, a total walk-in, a soul right. exchange. I started looking at walk-ins as one of many soul experiences that people can have. One of the major soul experiences, and I'm going to back up and tell you about the different kinds of walk-ins. Okay. But one of the major soul experiences that a lot of people are having right now on the planet is the fact that because of all the spiritual work that they have done, all the work they've done on themselves, all the studying that's happened, they begin to raise their own personal vibration. Mm -hmm. And as such, they're now able to bring in higher aspects of themselves, mm. more of their own higher self. When a walk-in does that, part of the soul leaves to be able to accommodate that new aspect. <clears throat> that I would that, that is what I called um, a soul infusion. When you have more and more of that higher self coming in, you're mm. infusing that older, <clears throat> excuse me, infusing the older soul. And so when people are doing this now, their soul is remaining intact because they can hold that vibration. So I think that walk-ins are becoming less and less, but more and more people are waking up having spiritual awakenings, mm -hmm. anchoring in some of their higher self, maybe even going up as high as their oversoul and bringing aspects in. Um, and so there is the soul infusion. There's also what a lot of people have heard about is called a soul braid. And the soul braid is when you have two souls inhabiting the body and they basically just braid together and they operate as one symbiotic unit. The other is a soul overlay. So if this is the soul, another aspect comes in and basically attaches kind of like a neoprene suit attaches to yep. the soul and then this soul is either this soul serves as a battery charger and then it leaves mm -hmm. or this soul leaves 
rest, repairs, whatever happens, and comes back and this one leaves, or this one stays and they meld together to make a new soul or an expanded soul. And then there's what called a jumper. And a jumper is when you have a soul that comes in for a short period of time, not a possession. And I want right. to make that very no, clear. Yeah. Because a possession, you know, that's basically a malevolent soul who's seen an opportunity to jump into a body to do whatever. And Typically then, a very much lower vibration as well. Very low vibration. I have never met a walk-in that's of a lower vibration ever mm -hmm. because a higher aspect always comes in and it's always at an agreed time. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen. And then we also have multidimensional souls, which come in and through a period of time, they awaken to all of those multifaceted aspects of themselves. Now, many, well, all of us really, you know, we've had multiple, multiple lifetimes and that imprints on the soul. So when we leave, we can put in our repertoire of our soul experiences, right. we were a human and we will carry with us the knowledge from this lifetime. And the same is true for any of the other lifetimes that we've had. Yeah, the the thing that I've recently come to realize is, and this is something I've, I've, I've uh, over the last probably year and a half, um, is that uh, all of the lives, lives, all of the lives you you're ever going to live um, are all happening at the same moment in respond in respective to your soul, you know, to your to your higher self that exists in another another realm of existence. And so when you dream at night, uh, you're actually going through an upload download process that is uploading your experiences of the day back up to your higher self. And then your higher self is kind of like mixing, if you will, in a, in a, as like a chemist, if you will, or if you want to think of it as a recipe, they're pouring things from other, ex other lifetimes, other existences mm -hmm. back down into you. And the dream that you that you have is your brain's attempt at processing this new information that's coming down. And so because it's the experience that goes up and not so much the person or the characters in the story, sometimes the experience is the same, but the characters are different or the outcome is different or it's in a completely different place. Um, but sometimes you have a dream where you are completely different. You're you're a detective right. or um you're you you're married whereas in this lifetime you're not and in mm -hmm. those situations you're actually getting downloads from your higher self of experiences from other lifetimes mm -hmm. that are coming to you so that you can use the knowledge that you will have from those from that information to help you process through some aspect of this lifetime always looking at how to improve the experiences that you're having like you said so that they could be collectively gathered up in a pantry so to speak by the oversoul to be used across other lifetimes or ultimately past even higher uh, than your than your oversoul up to what's next so right and a lot of times when we have deja vus my belief is that there's a resonance with another multi-dimensional aspect of ourself having an experience mm -hmm. very similar to what we're having right at that moment and then there is that resonance that occurs and that's yep. like oh 
I think I've done this before. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, when I moved here, uh, I, I'm currently in Arizona. I've been here about a, a year and a half now with my family. We moved here um, and we had gone out to eat somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, a, a state place or something. And we were on our way back. And uh, it, it was actually, it was scary in the way that I was driving, but yet I didn't really have control of my body. And so I was scared for like, I need to make sure I keep the car on the road and all this kind of stuff. But at the time I was shuffling between lifetimes where I had been in that exact moment, but the conditions were always different. There was always a reason why we didn't complete the move. There was, and so it was like, I was glimpsing all the times where I had come right up to the threshold but never been able to go past it. But this was the time that was going to see through to fruition. And so it was just, like I said, it was a scary situation only because I was driving while right. all of this is happening. Like I was seeing buildings on the side of the road that today, if I go back and look, aren't there. Right. So right. I was, I was glimpsing all of these things from these other timelines. And so it, it was, it was an amazing experience. I wish it would have happened while I was not driving. Only, right. you know, like I said, but, um, but yeah, I mean, 100%, I, I think that, uh, I even think that, uh, one of the things that I used to think about is, a when I was in high school, um, was that, uh, all of our lives exist like soap bubbles, uh, in a dish. And occasionally those bubbles come along and they rub up against each other. Um, they don't, join together sometimes they do but they don't typically join together but they rub up against each other when they rub up against each other we are more able to pick up on the life experiences that are happening in that other lifetime when mm -hmm. that happens and that's why you have those dreams that really feel like man it was i was there i was doing that thing but it was something that was completely outside of what you would normally would be doing or right. what you are doing in that lifetime so Right. Yeah, very. I mean, it's just it's just very, really interesting and, and awesome to think about uh, all of these things that happen. And it's unfortunate, I think, that a lot of what I'll call mainstream thinkers uh, would consider this stuff to be taboo or mysticism right. or whatever the case may be. Um, but I, I'm a very rational person um any experience that i have i always look for is there a uh is there a prosaic explanation for it and if there's not you know i'm, I'm always always go back to you know sir arthur cardinal doyle and and sherlock holmes whatever remains however improbable right. must be the truth and right. so um yeah i mean it, it's very it's very interesting um i would ask uh, have you so not that being a soul exchange is not an, an amazing opportunity and something that you get to share with people but have you ever had any additional experiences with anything like ufos or spirits or sasquatch or any of that stuff as well that is my life my friend <laughs> join so, the club <laughs> yes yes and yes um you know i think um once you are open to all the possibilities that vibrational resonance as we were talking about before mm -hmm. 
it goes out into the field. Mm -hmm. And those things that are in resonance, then we call to ourselves. That's why so many people are starting to see UFOs. Mm -hmm. I have so many photographs of UFOs that it's undeniable, I mean, amazing photographs of UFOs. It's undeniable that it would be anything other mm -hmm. than. Um, and I have so many of those photos. I just, I just kind of stopped taking pictures of it because it's like, okay, I know you're there, you know, right. many, many times. I, not as you and I are having a conversation now, have I been on a craft, but many, many times in meditations and dreams, mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've been on craft, had phenomenal experiences. Uh, Sasquatch, I've never encountered one face-to-face. Uh, -face. However, a friend of mine makes what's called these, uh, he calls them a Bigfoot knocker. Well, I thought, and he goes, it's for a tree. Well, mm. I thought it was something he carved that you put on your tree, mm. right? Well, no, it looks like a little bat. And it's got all this intricate carving yeah. and you knock on the tree three times and you wait to hear if, a, you know, Bigfoot, because they will answer it three times. So I went outside, very unprepared for this. I knocked on my tree three times and I heard a knock above me three times and a knock below me three times. And one of the first things that a Sasquatch does in order to um, um, ascertain where the person's coming from is they send this fear factor into the person. Mm. And if the person can work through that fear factor, then there's that love that begins yep. to come in, everything softens, and then um, who knows what, <laughs> I didn't get past the fear factor, <laughs> you know, because I after I heard that and I was, I was listening, I'm like, I don't even have my coat on. I need to go inside and get my coat, you know, whatever right. the excuse was. Um, I've had those kind of experience with Sasquatch. Um, and, you know, I've heard them all around where we live. Of course, we live at 10,200 feet up wow. in the Rocky Mountains, and we abut up next to 10,000 acres of national forest land. Okay. So, you know, we see everything here. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I've had an experience in my backyard. I am, uh, not in a rural area or, or wooded area, but I was sitting in my backyard one night and I was attempting to, uh, meditate or manifest an experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, I started very strangely. I got this, this aroma that smelled like rotting flesh. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was instinctually, I was scared. I quickly moved past it, but as soon as my body released, I guess the pheromones, if you will, or the, mm -hmm. even the energy vibration of fear, the smell went away and the experience, I mean, just all the sound came back into the space and everything. So it was a, you know, you're not, it was like a, you're not ready yet type conversation. Um, because I, I do think that even though a lot of the extraterrestrial or ultra-terrestrial, crypto-terrestrial, however you want to say them, whether they're here, they're elsewhere, whatever, a lot of what people experience are very similar to us. Mm -hmm. What I have seen 
entities that are very dissimilar to us. And I think that, um, I think that's why we do have experiences with the more bipedal type, you know, uh, uh, entities because we're more apt to not be as afraid of those situations. Right. But I have seen entities that probably would be described as being demonic or things like that in Mm -hmm. our current culture. And so I'm sure that's why they don't appear but you're very much you know right i i 100 agree in that it's uh the thing that resonates with me more than anything is that we have to learn to overcome the natural response of fear mm-hmm. uh and only when are we are able to because because fear is um fear is the what i've heard in a channeling once uh that i did was fear is an is the anti-love and right. so uh, fear, like Yoda says, you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to suffering, so on and so forth. Um, and so we have to be able to get to the point where we collectively are able to not respond in fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think we'll start to have more open contact with, with some of these uh, beings. But as a species, we are a very aggressive uh, species, especially when motivated by fear. Um, right. and so I can certainly see where, you know, somebody doesn't want to land on the white house lawn, like everybody expects them to do. Uh, yeah. they would probably get shot out of the sky or whatever the case may be. So, right. um, yeah, very much, uh, resonate with the idea of moving past fear. Right now it's interesting. There was a fear situation with that. But when it comes to extraterrestrials or something like that, there's no fear. Mm-hmm. I was actually in bed with my my granddaughter came and was staying with us, and I was sleeping with her, and I heard like little tiptoes out in the hallway, mm-hmm. and I looked. The dog was right there with us, so it's like, well, what the heck is this? And the next thing I know, the bedroom door's like, ee, you know, yeah. opening up really slowly. And there was a mantis and popped its head in and then came back out, popped its head in and came back out. And it just sent this. It wasn't even like a telepathic message, but it just sent this overwhelming sensation of love. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I went to sleep after that. But I can clearly hear them uh, walking around in the house, which I would think is pretty atypical. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite sure what they were doing or why they were in the house. Um, we've seen, I've seen all kinds of beings on our property. And again, I've got so many photographs. It's mm-hmm. um, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. As far as like paranormal, you know, I have, I've seen a lot of, you know, disincarnate souls, if you will. They come to me all the time. As a matter of fact, my husband and I drove past a car accident. And there was someone that was there um, that had actually just died and they just popped in the car with us. And it's like, oh my gosh, I've got to get home. I got to cook dinner. Mm. uh, I hate to tell you, you know, but, and then they followed me to the restaurant, you know? And so that happens, you know, all the time having that kind of a contact. And really um, when you look at it, everything is about consciousness whether it's mm. we're talking about our souls extraterrestrials disincarnate souls whatever it would be it's all consciousness and the way i look at things is that 
all of this consciousness resonates in the mind of source, in the mind of creator. And everything that has ever been thought, everything that ever will be thought, all the templates of creation, all of the blueprints of creation, everything came through the mind of source and it's in that process of its unfoldment. And so I have started looking at everything every situation negative positive it's like well all of this has already been thought there has to be a duality for experience and um i've just i've just really started looking at everything and accepting everything that kind of comes my way with a love and a compassion and there ha i feel like there has to be a compassionate component to it because if we don't have compassion for other people then we end up you know, in pain, suffering, mm -hmm. all of these types of things. And it's so much easier to let things flow through you, to you and through you, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to bringing them to you and holding them on because that will actually lock down um, in the cellular structure and it could prevent people from having experiences. Yeah, I mean, it, it will definitely make you heavier. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, very much it's a... Uh, it's better to behave like I think what you're trying to say is like a conduit um, and just letting things, whatever happens, happens. Um, mm -hmm. You're along for the ride and there's an opportunity in every exchange and every experience. There's an opportunity to learn something from that. Right. Um, something about yourself or something about the expanding cosmos or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, 100% agree. Um, so just a uh, real quick, cause I know we're a, I want to be respectful of your time and usually go for about 30 or 40 minutes on these. So okay. is there, um, you've got a website, um, your, your mm -hmm. book is for sale. Uh, I think you also do set sessions with people. Is that correct? I, I do. People can go to my website, SheilaSeppi.com and they can go to the session section and it talks about all of the different opportunities um, you know to work with me the different services that i provide it'll also talk about uh, the galactic alliance which is an organization that i started and do a podcast on every monday and thursday and then also it'll talk about um, the Conscious Awakening Network, which I founded uh, just a little over a year ago. And so there's tons of information on there. Yeah, and that's and that like I said, that's how I found you because you have a sign up for a newsletter on your website, mm -hmm. and I get those emails all the time about various uh, guests that are going to be speaking or. Uh, just topics in general, and uh, it's it's very insightful, e even if you don't think that you might be a, a, a soul exchange walk-in. Uh, the information that you know that Sheila shares uh, via the newsletter and other places is still insightful, um, and I think helps me at least to explore my own consciousness and my existence. Uh, not only on this planet and this lifetime, but elsewhere that I have been um, uh, in lives, let's say. Um, so uh, thank you very much, Sheila, for coming on. I, I really appreciate uh, the insight that you had to offer today, and I, I think our listeners will as well. And so um, I will, for anybody who's listening to this on the podcast version, Sheila's website will be linked uh, in the description of the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be linked in the description. And so um, thank you so much for uh, being here again. Thank you, Sheila. Uh, thank you. It was fun. <laughs>